Good morning, everybody. Happy Sunday. Good afternoon, maybe to some of you, or maybe even good evening. Uh, this is Coffee Break. I'm Spencer Campbell, aka uh, Kila RPGs, uh, and this is Coffee Break. I just hang out on Sundays with some of my cool friends in the RPG scene, and we just chat. It's not an interview show, it's just whatever we do over a cup of coffee. Uh, and with me, I have uh, my good friend, Josh Hitty. Uh, Josh, why don't you tell the folks at home who you are? Yeah, uh, well, I'm Josh. Hello. Um, I like making tabletop role-playing games and things and game-related things. Um, I don't know if there's any particular theme amongst what I do. Usually a little weird, usually a little spooky. Yeah. I like that stuff. When I think of um, you, I think of I'll... weird and spooky. <laughs> weird and spooky. <laughs> it's fun. It's fun. Um, yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. Is it one of those two things? Probably both. Yes. I think anytime you've got something going on, there is some sort of, of uh, there's a vibe about it. And vibe is a good word because we're going to, we're going to use that word a lot. Um, <laughs> but there is just a thing that when I see stuff from you, I'm like, ah, this is Josh. Josh made this. <laughs> Uh, and Ray, Ray and Chad is saying like a consistent theme is very good. And that is so true, right? Like so true. Um, I feel like I'm chaos, but you know, it checks out. Ah, very good. Dice ghost. The vibe does check out. Um, <laughs> excellent. Yeah. So, um, you, you're another one of the fellow Chicago area game designers. I've learned that there are a lot of us over the last couple of years, that there's a whole squad that kind of live in or around Chicago, which is pretty dang cool. Um, it's a shame that I learned this, like, during a pandemic, where I was like, oh, wait, there's all these cool people around me, and I can't see them? Uh, that's been... That's been torture, but it is cool to know that there are uh, there's some cool folks uh, around the area. So I'm hopeful that when we can get back together, we'll get some cool games going. Like, Adira is literally down the street from me, and that's, <laughs> that's ridiculous. <laughs> and Adira's laterally is, like, down the street from me. <laughs> so funny. Um, and didn't realize that until, like, just, like, a funny coincidence sort of thing. Um... That's awesome. Well, Josh, we've made it to 2022. Um, we have. How was your uh, 2021 in terms of game design stuff? Like, what what was some of the stuff that you you did? Because, like, obviously we're going to talk about vibe check. So there's vibe check. <laughs> but, like, generally, how was 2021 for you in terms of RPG stuff? Like, and it doesn't even have to be stuff that you played. But, like, what, like, jumped out to you? Yeah, yeah. I mean, I think, like personally with my own stuff um i talked a little bit on twitter i really pushed layout stuff got more into that um released a few games and i also started thinking more kind of what potential long-term support for some of my stuff might look like it's mm. like sort of releasing a bunch of little things here and there um i had one big goal in 2021 which was to finish extra causal monolith which I finally got done. Yeah. Said I'd been, that had been procrastinating on that for ages. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, 
Um, and then also vibe check, which we'll talk about. Um, I got to play in some very cool games, play test some very neat games. Uh, I think Ray and chat can attest to that. <laughs> um, but yeah, yeah, I think like playing stuff wise, you know, there, there were some of those sessions I got to do some Twilight Throne stuff, which is hopefully coming out nice. on the horizon. Very exciting. Apocalypse Key is very exciting. Mm -hmm. um, I got to play test something I wrote for someone else's game, which is wild. Um, That's super cool. Uh, oh, also had first thing of mine in print, which was in the... Oh, jeez, I'm embarrassingly blanking on the name. Uh, it's, it's like on the shelf over there. <laughs> I, wrote, I wrote a Dark Incursion uh, for Sam Zimmerman's Trophy Gold Zine Quest. Oh, nice. The sword throne. I'm horrible with names, so don't look. Don't, so don't, don't, don't look yeah. to me, friend. It's like right over there, but like <laughs> the zine is just behind something else because my little zine shelf is overflowing. Um, but it's very cool. It's very cool. The, the gold incursion is fantastic, so it was really cool writing a paired trophy dark incursion for it, which was very exciting. Yeah. Um, so yeah, that, that was cool. 2021 was pretty neat uh, as Good. far as tabletop stuff goes. So. That's awesome. Thrilling. I, I I have to write notes for myself because I like my brain will just I will I'll forget all the things that I'm inspired to talk to you about as you talk about them. So I apologize if I'm like looking away and being like, hmm, what's Josh saying? Because there's two things that really jumped out to me that I, I'm I want to talk to you about, uh, which is layout and long term support. Um, so layout, you absolutely like with extra causal, like your your layout game jumped in a huge way and that's not to say like you were bad at layout before i'm just saying like you clearly put in the time and effort to do that and to like to get better at it which is so cool um like what did you what were you what was your process because i'm going through the same thing i'm trying to figure out how to do layout and i have done very little to actually teach myself i'm just like i'm just pushing buttons on the screen hoping that it works and it sometimes does, most of the time doesn't. Um, so do you, do you have a tip for me on how I can, <laughs> or like, what was the thing that was most helpful to you, I guess? Because I do, like, that's my big 2022 thing is like, I want to try and do more stuff in-house. I want to learn. I want to like up my skills with those sorts of things. And layout is a big void for me. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean, it, it kind of started with, honestly just kind of messing around and doing a bunch of different mock-ups and like this is over the course of did i release extra calls on 2019 or 2020 i think it was early 2020 shortly after that when i had some ideas of what i wanted to add on to it started doing some just extra mock-ups and like oh what if i did this um what if i did that and then i have like four or five of just random mock-up files sitting in my folders and it just sort of evolved from there. Mm -hmm. And then once I finally had enough of the content kind of done, I and at that point I had sort of a rough kind of theme, I guess, because I wanted to do that sort of kind of minimalist. Mm -hmm. I want to call it fully minimalist. Um, and then for me, 
when I'm working on stuff alone, I, layout for me is sort of like sculpting in a lot of ways. Oh, I, I, I do do, depending on who you talk to, uh, writing straight into layout versus writing everything and then putting it into layout. I end up doing a weird mix of both. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Only when I'm doing stuff for myself. Right. Um, but then it's just, it, it really does feel like between sort of the editing the text to fit things and then, you know, playing around with moving text boxes and images and lines and things like that. To me, it really does kind of feel like sculpting. That's um, the coolest analogy. Yeah, I think there are a lot of technical things about Affinity I'm still getting the hang <laughs> of, right? Um, I have consulted their many tutorial videos many a time. Mm. Uh, I, I have yet to internalize uh, page numbers. <laughs> Look, I watch that one literally every single time. I have to do page numbers. Um, I'm, I, I, think... I hand write them, Josh. I hand, I, I hand type them every single time. And Keegan <laughs> yelled at me on Twitter when I said I that. that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but I, I feel like every time I do a layout, I try and pick one thing to practice. Um, so like it'll be like, okay, I'm going to figure out how to really use masters to my advantage on one thing. Mm. Didn't use it so much for extra causal because each spread is different than the other ones. So instead of doing master, I kind of did it, but it, it was it was a process. Um, or like with extra causal, it was really I want to work in spreads. Mm. I'm going to treat each spread as a unit and try and make each spread its own little section of information to go with the flow of information and the text, et cetera, et cetera. Um, so I think just kind of picking like one thing to focus on per project to just improve and practice is yeah. really helpful because then you're not trying to juggle 12 new things right. and then not really getting anything done because you don't know what you're doing. That's uh, That's a really really smart way of doing it and of course not the way that i've ever tried doing it i try and do like all the things at once uh i i'm very much uh use the the mimicry and copycat approach where i just like i see things that i like and i go all right i'm just gonna see if i can figure out how to do that uh and it's me like typing into the help bar like a lot of things like okay it looks like they're blurring things blur figure out how blur works uh <laughs> and stuff like that it's it's rough. Uh, I do. I think. I think what you're describing of that, like, okay, I'm just gonna figure out how to do this thing, and I'm gonna figure out how to do it really well, is the great way of doing it. People are yelling at me about the page <laughs> number. <and things. laughs> um, I, you know, so when you mentioned the the minimalist I approach, I'm starting to fall in love with that style of layout again. Um, like for me. We yelling. Ah, thank you for yelling at me out of love. Um, <laughs> like I have started to find that there are like the like the really clean, intentional, minimalist style of uh, like design is extremely attractive to me. Like I, I see it, and I'm I'm um, I'm grabbed by. It. I I I don't want to get up and go get it right now, but um, my partner has like a couple of like cleansers that like the bottles are just like. It's clean. It's like a technical document the way that it's written out, like instead of like a brand. And I'm like, that's really, that's very cool and interesting. I took a shot. Um, I don't know. Do you know the Hot Ones show, the Hot Wings Challenge thing where they, yes, yeah. yeah, yeah. 
So my brother bought the Hot Wings Challenge, which gives you all the the hot sauces that they're That's using, fun. so you can do it at home. Because my dad and my partner are like spice masters, and I'm a big baby, uh, so I'm gonna just watch. Um, but he bought. Uh, so I just I took a picture of one of the bottles, and I don't. It's probably oh, yeah. not coming up, but it's like very clean. And mm -hmm. I love that. I look at that and I go, I think that would be like really nice to look at as just like a whole. And I know there are some RPGs that are are laid out that way. And it's like, ah, I that draws me. And I know that's like way more minimalist than what you were talking about with like extra causal. But like that's the thing that like it's. I'm swinging the total opposite of like the Morkborg maximal maximal sort of approach. I'm going, but what if we went the opposite way? Um, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. But I like I've tried doing that, and I think it's really hard because yeah, yeah. it's actually hard to make it look minimalist and clean, and like that. There's effort in that, and there's like intentionality to it, other than just like I picked a font and I only put black font on white background. Doesn't look good necessarily. <laughs> yeah, no, it's it is really hard to do really well. I think that's one thing I want to experiment. Like, I I really I greatly enjoy the the maximalist stuff, especially looking at it. It's very pretty. Yeah. Um, but I do want to try experimenting more with like that super intentional minimal, like text only, mm -hmm. but still make it feel not because you don't need cool art or cool assets or cool background and stuff. It's fun and it's great and it make things shine. Mm -hmm. Um, but I think you can do make things also look very, very cool, like just text only. And I want to experiment with that a little bit in 2022. Yeah, I like I truly think like just text only or even like real simple lines to go with the text. Like that alone could just do you can do wonders with real simple hard edges and lines and bot like shapes and text like that can get you a really sleek looking doc. Uh and so that's something mm -hmm. that I I I don't know. I don't have a project in mind that I'm working on that would that necessarily fits that particular style, but it's one that I've noticed. And I, it just came to my mind when you mentioned doing like more minimal layout. It's cool. I dig that stuff. Um, mm -hmm. The other thing you mentioned, which I'm hyper interested in is long-term support of your games. So like, instead of the, the one and done small projects, you're interested in like building up, stuff for your games mm -hmm. right mm -hmm. like what do you envision as like stuff that is interesting to you or that you want to see in like your games or, or like what are the types of i don't know if supplements is the right word or whatever the, the right word is for like continued support like what's the stuff that gets you like that's at the top of your mind of like yeah this is the stuff that i i think is cool or we need more of yeah, <laughs> yeah it's crazy. Ray, Ray has figured um, me out <laughs> yeah, yeah it's <laughs> A little bit of a mix. Part of it is there's a couple things I want to go back and expand on a little bit more. Mm. Um, I, I think just because as I was making them, it was either for like a jam deadline mm. or it was just like I don't have time to expand this as much as I want. Primarily packed bound. Um, okay. I want. I just want to flesh it out more. Um, and then also uh, with teeth like stars, this is more sort of like player GM tools I want to play around with and add in there, again, just to expand it. Mm. Um, but then that's less of long-term support and more of just, ah, oh, there's, I'm not quite done with those. 
but um, long-term support, uh, you know, say season passes, but uh, yeah, stuff <laughs> like that, uh, particularly for vibe check. Um, I think that there's a lot of cool space to add things in, um, which the process for that was basically <laughs> be looking at what did Spencer do <laughs> and how can I steal it? <laughs> steal. Yeah, I really liked um, how you did all those little rule modules for light mm. um, that you can kind of pick and choose, slot in. Um, and I have some ideas for doing that with vibe check. Um, probably next couple of months mm. start get, getting that ball rolling. And then there is the um, all the unlocked bonus sort of stretch goal content that I need to finish writing up and release as well, which is sort of, I think, going to be a little preview of what season pass content could mm. look like in some ways, uh, but it's just going to go in with the main download because uh, it's funded. That's awesome. Uh I'm I'm so excited for for more vibe check in general. I'm so excited for vibe check, um, <laughs> which I promise we will talk about in just a second. But there was one other thing that you mentioned that I I've been noticing the trend lately, which is like going back to some of your old games and updating them, like just adding a couple things, like um, and it's and I think I've I saw a lot of that last year. Uh, I feel like there was like a cluster of time sometime in the second half of last year where people were just like, I'm going back and I'm kind of like remastering this game mm -hmm. or it's not the second edition. That's the thing. Like a lot of people were going back and being like, this is not the second edition of this game. It's me going back and like tightening some things or adding a couple of things that were missing. Um, and I think that's really cool to see like that, that we have the ability to, to do that yeah the refinement stage exactly like there's this thing where we're like we put it out there and we let it just live out in the rpg space for x number of time and then eventually we're like yeah but i really wish i had done this right i really wish yeah it's the patch right it's 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 patching our games which i think is like a super neat idea or game of the year editions like will is saying yeah those, those are all like good analogies of like rather than the second edition it's the is the ultimate uh, version or the director's cut or whatever you want to mm -hmm. call mm -hmm. it, right? I think that's like a really neat thing that our medium can do uh, in like a quick way. And for me, I find it especially interesting because uh, exactly using that verbiage of patching, obviously I'm wildly inspired by video games, not only in like the themes of my games, but also like in how I think about designing and releasing games uh and yeah video games patch themselves on day one and fix themselves all the time like <laughs> and like live games like mmorpgs that just constantly like here's a new little thing here's a new little thing i think that's awesome um and it's something that i want to i'm like i want to try and incorporate into more of my games does that like do you see yourself doing that sort of approach of like bringing in like a not necessarily like a live RPG sort of thing, but like that sort of like constant patching version. Does that does that appeal to you, or are you more of like a I just want it done, and then I'm like <laughs> I want to move on to the next thing sort of thing? Yeah, and it's, I think sometimes a bit of both. Like I have done that refinement or revision, like with um, so my game Reaching in the Dark, which was the first game I put on itch 
for like I think the first record collection jam mm. and then within like six months after that I did a revised edition right um, which would I think coincided with like when I actually set up like yes you can pay me money for my things on itch um, <laughs> which was yeah not not really a second edition but it was editing adding explanation it also was a bit of a director's commentary in a way mm. there were some parts where i just explained things and then i think it was in october ish i went back to that i didn't update the text of the game but i completely redid the layout over one weekend because i was like this is an advanced form of procrastination <laughs> where i'm not working on other things i should be working on by just redoing the layout completely for no reason mm -hmm. um, but it was very it turned out very pretty and it was fun to do um so that that one's had like two kind of revisions or refinements um so yeah and, and you know I, I have plans with that like for packbound and a couple other things where it's just oh you know i don't think i'm quite done with this right um but there are some especially i think some like little smaller things where it's just like yeah okay i think that's done there's, there's not really else i want anything else i want to say with it right my problem is that i like i i'm I make a game and then I make another game later down the track and I have put some new tech in that other game or I've learned something about myself as a designer in that newer game and that isn't reflected in the older game and I go well I have to go update the older game to re like either put in this really cool tech that I found uh, I'm gonna just jam it in there or like or it doesn't fit the like my philosophy or design ideals uh so like i've always wanted to go back and just do corvid court and just do a bunch of different stuff with corvid court because i've learned a lot about the resistance system and other things since i released it like it was one of my first games i released and i've changed a lot as a designer but also there's a beauty in Corvid Court being what it is, which is my weird 48-hour written game about mm -hmm. crows doing crime. And like, I also kind of want to just leave it as that as well. Um, it's a it's a weird push and pull sort of thing where I like I don't I like mm -hmm. I feel always compelled to go back, but um, I don't think I should always go back. Yeah, yeah, no, I get that. Also, layout is procrastination is. I understand that now. Uh, the reason that Drifters even came out last month, it was not supposed to come out last month, it wasn't going to come out till this year, is because doing layout for Drifters became my procrastination for writing other stuff I was supposed to be writing. I was like, well, I could just do a couple spreads in Drifters instead. And I was like, well, I guess this game is done. <laughs> right, right. Yeah, no, it was so funny because... It literally started with one font that I saw. I think I had like an email from one of the. It's like, hey, here's three new free fonts for you. I was like, mm. okay, let's check these out. I saw one. I was like, hmm, that looks like a good title font for Reaching in the Dark. And then with it by the next 48 hours, new layout. Uh, <laughs> I feel like um, the 48 hour mark is a common mark for a lot of uh i've talked to a few designers like yeah i just did like two days i, I busted out this thing like there's this weird <laughs> moment of like euphoria that some of us go through like yep the next two days i'm gonna just get this shit done and it's very cool um all right josh let's talk about vibe check i've been i've been wanting to talk about vibe check for so long just because 
uh, it's been so long since I've had the chance to play it. Um, so before we just before I gab and we just gab and gush about how cool Vibe Check <laughs> is, like what if for folks who uh, aren't familiar with Vibe Check, what is it? So Vibe Check is a Lumen powered game or illuminated by Lumen, I should say. Um, so you know, using the fun action-packed core of the Lumen engine. Um, and it isn't directly inspired by one of my all-time favorite video games, uh, The World Ends With You, for the classic Nintendo DS. Uh, and I guess kind of Neo, The World Ends With You, although it was all done before that came out. And then I played that and was like, oh, this reminds me of something I put in Vibe Check. <laughs> um, so that was kind of fun. Um, the basic gist of it, you are a player in the Watchers game. Players are, it, it's kind of like this almost afterlife, um, you know, after you have shuffled off this mortal coil, you might uh, be caught up in the game. You pay an entry fee to enter the game. And then if you make it through and if you win, uh, you can return to life. Um, so players are sort of caught up in this. Um, and, you know, it, it can evolve in a lot of ways. Your stories, you know, the, the Watchers are these mysterious characters sort of overseeing the game, making the rules. Uh, there are these monsters called the Pandemonium that you have to fight. Um, and then mechanically, players sort of have two big parts to them. There are the tokens, uh, which are the powers that you can use. And then there's also looks, which are fun clothes you can equip to change your stats and abilities. Um, I don't remember the exact reason uh, why I did tokens the way I did them, but part of it was I wanted to do sort of an a la carte power mm. system. Because um, looking at sort of like the Lumen Core and Nova and Light at the time, uh, powers are attached to a class. So I decided, uh, what if I decoupled those and just made a whole far too large list it's huge <laughs> of powers that you can uh basically grind for um because tokens are also loot so what, what i really liked about lumen stuff was this loot loop um i think gunfox does it really greatly uh, with the borderlands inspiration I, I looked at that a lot uh great game go go by gunfox um and so it's not only just like Instead of weapons, uh, mechanically, you have your looks, and then you also have your tokens. So there's two sorts of sources of loot, uh, powers, and then stat stuff. Um, you know, lots of random tables to roll on. Um, and I think in the final version, there's something like 84 or 86 tokens. What the fuck? Which is... <laughs> <laughs> and, and some of those tokens, one of them has like six different forms. So I think it's closer to like 90. Oh my god, Josh! <laughs> I have 18 more in the first like stretch goal content that's going to be released eventually. So it's going to be like 100 plus tokens um, by the end. So it's 100 plus powers that you can equip and mix and match. Um, so I gave up very, very quickly on any semblance of like balance which is never really a strong thing mm. i worried about but i was like there's no way i'm gonna try and go through and check every single combination to make sure there's no infinite loops or whatever which you know if there are then this is part of the fun right 
Um, but yeah, <laughs> may might have gone a little overboard with that. That's so many tokens. And yes, I embrace the infinite power loops. People have very quickly learned how to break a couple of sparks in Nova. Like Drifter is one that commonly people are like, oh yeah, I, if I just do this, am I just infinitely powerful? Yeah, you are. If you do that. <laughs> and like same thing with Sanguine. Um, I didn't realize that you had to hit that many tokens. Uh, that's... Yeah, there's, there's a lot. Because <laughs> I, I got to playtest it. Um, and like when you know however many months ago that was and i even just during the playtest remember thinking it felt like there was a decent number of them i think there might have been like 36 or no there might have been more than that because i think it was two two 2d or like d66 tables that we were rolling on for like commons and rares already it was like wow this is a lot of tokens uh and the fact that you've added more since the playtest is mind-blowing to me yeah (laughs) Yeah, yeah, it, it ended up being quite a few. It was like, I think I wanted to have, because there, there are different rarities of tokens you can get. Right. So, you know, your common, uh, slightly better, I'm forgetting my own terms for my game, and then the third, the, so on and so forth. Uh, so I wanted to have an even amount for your sort of standard rarities, basically common, rare, legendary. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I also added a bunch of like, I call them the esoteric tier tokens, which are sort of like the funky ones. Mm. Um, you have to do special things to unlock those. Because in the world ends with you, um, there were so the pins, which is where you get your abilities, um, special ones that, like again, you had to do different unlocks for, um, or like they worked in sets together. So I wanted to have some of those weirder ones that worked kind mm. of like that. And then as I was writing up the watchers for the enemy section and things you fight, because each watcher is also a potential boss that you can unlock. They're like special unlockable bosses. You have to do narrative things oh, to actually even be able to fight them. Um, and then I decided, well, what if each of those six bosses dropped their own unique token? So then that was six <laughs> more tokens that I had to <laughs> Oh my god. <laughs> That's amazing. Yeah. Um the, so, you know, this um for people who are listening to this is, and are going like I've never played this game that Josh is talking about, the 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 world ends with you. Um don't let that be the barrier that stops you from checking out Vibe Check because I had no idea what that game was when I play tested it and it still had a wildly wildly good time playing it. Um one of the things that was really cool about it that I remember, and you kind of you alluded to it just a second ago, is that like in the in like the base game, like in the video game, it's like pins that the powers mm-hmm. come in, right? But for like vibe check, we got to manifest our tokens however we wanted on our characters, which vibe check is like the most stylish game that I've ever played in like a million different ways, like in the 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 clothes that you wear, the cool loot clothes. Just truly the actions, like the things that we did, it was all about trying to describe very cool, stylish stuff and like queuing off one another. But even just like the small things of like, it could have just been pins. But instead it was, how do you want your tokens to manifest on your character? Like it could be patches on a, uh, like a leather jacket that show up. It could be, um, yes, I am about to bring it up, Ray. 
Uh, for my <laughs> character, my character had long jet black hair, uh, and my tokens would manifest as like highlights, as like streaks of color in my hair, based off of what the vibe of the token was. And I had a uh, like an ice token that like allowed me to freeze things. And so you better believe I had frosted tips when I was using that token. I was very stylish and cool. Uh, it like the game just like drips style, uh, like in like the mechanics, but then obviously also in the cool art and layout uh, that's been going on. Speaking of layout, Ray is in chat and did the layout <laughs> for this game, and it looks gorgeous. It's so good, it's so good, unbelievably good. Um, but like one thing I want to talk about before we talk about the the layout is. You had this thing about like queuing off one another, which I think is really cool. And I don't think I've seen that necessarily in other Lumen games. Could you could you talk a little bit more about that for people who don't know what that what the this rule is that I'm talking about that yeah, I think is yeah, so cool? Yeah. So in general, um, in Lumen games, you have a resource that you spend to activate your powers. Um, so in Vibe Check, that is called Flow, and instead of each individual player having that amount of resource or flow um, there's just a big pool of it that is generated as you perform your actions you go through your cool combat and you do your cool things um, so basically it's kind of the higher you roll on an action the more flow you add to the pool i i put um i put flow generation onto the action rolls. Uh, so that was kind of a reason to do action rolls in the middle of combat and also actually generate flow. Like, well, okay, if there's a big pool, how do they make it? Um, which I think created a neat level of freedom because when you're fighting stuff, you can perform an action and then you can activate a power or you can activate a power, which will augment an action or you can do an action a power, which will get somebody else for a cool action or power. Um, there's a lot of things you can do with that. And then additionally, um, partly because generating flow is based on a role, so you know, RNG in there, um, I added in this rule where if you sort of narratively combo with another player, you're going to add more flow to the pool. Even if it's a failure or whatever, you can at least get a little bit of flow added to that pool to sort of contribute to future actions, future powers. Um, and what exactly narratively comboing with is a little, is intentionally left uh, kind of up to the table. It's just, you know, are you setting somebody up for an action? Are you bringing in a description they used into your action? Um, like, I'm trying to think of some specifics from the play test, but just hypothetical with like your character, they froze something. Mm. And then let's say Ray's character was like, okay, I'm going to use that frozen enemy as like, you know, a stepping stone to jump up and do a cool flip as I fight the next monster or whatever. That's a narrative combo because you're incorporating other players' actions and powers and things like that into your action and power. Um, and then also doing another cool thing. But I, I feel like, Part of the end result is you get all of the players more engaged in everybody else's actions. Exactly. So, so you can you can avoid a little bit at least the like okay, it's not my turn. I can zone out for a minute. That sometimes you know 
if combat rounds can go long in a game, sometimes that happens just because, you know. Um, but yeah, yeah, that, that was sort of an unintended consequence, um, but I think it worked out really cool. At that 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 point, I'm glad you got to that point because that was what I was about to sing the praises of so much. Is like, like obviously it's a cool mechanic because yes, it uh it keeps the it keeps flow going and like it it leans into the style like the the very cool, um, the like and I mean like literally like style being stylish in like everything in the game is about being stylish and cool. Uh, so it's one of the three stats. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> right? So, like, it leans into the theme of the game, but it 100% does exactly what you just said, which is, like, I was super genuinely interested in listening to what my fellow playtesters were doing because I was like, okay, how am I... Like, what can I... I'm looking for clues. I'm looking for little hooks for things that I can be like, oh, I could I could do something with this. I could, I could, I could play with this space that they've just created right here. And it made this real... It made combat a um a collaborative thing which normally combat should be collaborative if it's like us versus this like it should be like okay how are we going to do this but oftentimes combat for games can feel like it's my turn here's what i do on my turn sort of thing and then like moving on to your turn but this was like we're all in this together we're building this we're 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 painting this beautiful fight and what color here's the color i'm using what color can you use to complement it um god i love it josh i love it so much <laughs> yeah it was really fun running both the playtest sessions and then the session for um plus one xp with tony because mm. even as like the gm it was exciting to you know to see what the players were going to do because it was cool right <laughs> you know, it, was just, it was just a lot of cool things happening it's like oh that's cool it's really cool. It almost led to this point yeah. where I was like, okay, how am I going to top what Ray just said? <laughs> like, like, we're in the middle of a playtest. I'm like, well, that was really cool. What could I possibly do that's going to be even more over the top and cool and wild uh, as a result? Um, which just, you know, it creates this really engaging and fun combat. Um, God, it's so good. It's so good. And it looks so good. Um, I do want to talk about the, the art and layout. Um, mm -hmm. So you've got a, a few different folks who are involved for art and layout, right? Yes. Because you've got, uh, you have a character artist, you have an artist for tokens, and then, uh, as we've mentioned multiple times, Ray here in chat uh, for layout. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah, there were uh, two different uh, token artists. Oh, there's two different token artists. Okay, mm -hmm. gotcha. Mm -hmm. That's awesome. Yeah. Um, I'm curious, because, uh, again, I haven't played the game. The, the original game uh like what was your like did you seek out people who knew that game and could like replicate the style were you going for your own thing with it um what was what was your approach to it because i'm as somebody who obviously does games that are inspired by video games i'm always yeah. wondering like where's the line i should go, <laughs> should go for mm -hmm, this mm -hmm. yeah yeah i mean uh... A lot of it, I think, the, the artists I ended up working with was just sort of very, very good luck. Uh, so the first one I got in contact with was the first um, token artist. I think it was on the Gila RPG server. I was like, hmm, you know, I, I should start thinking about artists. And then one person got me in touch with someone they knew who liked the game, uh, World Ends With You. 
and uh, you know, kind of in that discussion, it was like, yeah, it's inspired by, but I, you know, it's not going to be a direct, mm. you don't like copy of the style per se, right? Right. Um, you know, kind of put together a little inspiration board, um, and then he did the token art that uh, there's like the plushy one, I think the uh, uh, pocket watch one. So, and, and with that, it was like. I, you know, I was like, okay, the tokens can kind of be any objects you want. They don't necessarily have to be pins. Mm. Um, so that's why that there was some of those mixed in there, which I thought was cool. Yeah. Um, and then uh, after that, um, I got in touch with my friend Merlin, um, who does work through, uh, I think I think their software is Tiny Red Keys, um, to do some more token art. Because I was like, hey, I made more money on the itch funding. I can get more token art. And uh, Merlin has a background in like graphic design and stuff like that. Um, and it was cool working with two artists because I got two very different takes. Mm. Um, uh, Wolfie, the first one, he sort of made more, uh, you know, kind of a variety of objects um, with different designs. And those pieces of art aren't necessarily based on individual tokens in the game. It was just sort of like, hey, these are things that you could have as tokens, mm. right? Um, and then with Merlin, just talking with them and going through the process ended up being a little different where I sent them like, okay, make a design based off these individual tokens. So those are more inspired by it. And the general style is a little more uniform because they, they look like the, um, you know, enamel pins, right? Things like that, which is really cool. Um, I mean, I, I love all of them. They're, they're, it's such good art. Um, it's, it's fantastic. But it was really cool seeing kind of the two different styles emerge a little bit, but they don't feel out of place mm -hmm. with each other. Uh, again, I think because tokens can be whatever you want. Um, with the character art, um, again, it started as I was in a different server. Um, and I was like, hey, does anybody know anybody who's open for basically character art? Because I, I want to do some character art for a The World Ends With You inspired game. Um, and then again, I'm very lucky to be friends with very talented people <laughs> who I can pay money to make cool things. Because my friend Nika was like, oh, hello. Um, I don't think she was even really open for commissions, but like wanted to do the, the project, mm. work on the project. Um, she also really likes the game. And that was just, I kind of took the six archetypes because I, I wanted, ideally, we had we got the funding art for each six archetypes but I, I paid for one um off the bat and then we did hit funding for the rest of them so they're all in there and that was really just um i also each of this archetypes is rep representing one of the six main brands mm -hmm. so i kind of gave her a rundown of the general vibes of the brands like just a super rough character description like comically just like sure like this and right. then you know uh, ev everything else was all her um and it came out like <laughs> literally in, in discord you know she'd be sending me like sketches and updates be like hey is this good anything you change i'd just be like that's fantastic that's that's literally how it's so good. that's literally how it was like working with eddie for nova where i was like i don't know it's kind of like a vampire robot and he's like is this right i'm like yeah, that's way better than anything I imagined. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, 
but again, I, I think there was also a brief discussion of, hey, you know, it's inspired by the world of the view, but I don't necessarily want you to mimic the style. Mm. Um, partly because I feel like, you know, I'm paying you as an artist. I want to see your mm. style, your take on things. Um, and, you know, I, I think because people have seen the art and be like, oh, is that uh, the world ends with you? And it's like, aha. Mm. It's like, you know, kind of yes right. but um I, if you put the characters like next to like official art it's like yeah th there's definitely influence there um but i think they really stand on their own um with their own style um a lot of, like in a lot of style in this game the game so, is so stylish it I mean, looks it, so good just look at the itch page alone and you'll be like oh wow holy shit this yeah game. yeah <laughs> nah, it's it's unbelievably cool and then uh, Ray, who did the layout, did fantastic work um, incorporating the art and just sort of really unifying everything together. It's such a neat, cohesive end result. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. The layout is so good. Like, I know it's we were really talking good. earlier about, like, minimalist, and this isn't minimalist because <laughs> it's the most stylish, coolest layout ever. Uh, and Hell yeah, Ray. Hell yeah on that. Uh, it's great. Um, I I cannot recommend enough to folks who have not checked out Vibe Check to go check this out. It's so much fun. Uh, the game is fun. It looks gorgeous. <laughs> Ray's, Ray's computer almost died making the layout. So think, yeah, think was... about that. <laughs> <laughs> Ray, how, how big was the first file that you sent me of like for like the first approval of the layout? It was it was chonky. Oh love a good chonky ch chonky PDF. <laughs> it, it was it was a big one. That is that's so funny. Yeah, like the game is awesome. It's 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 so so cool. So what? What? <laughs> 700? <laughs> it's, it's, it's wild. Like, I didn't imagine that Vibecheck was going to be... Because the final PDF, uh, as, like, pages, I think it's, like, 100 and something pages long. Uh-huh. <laughs> like, in, in the document, I think it's nearly 50, just in the Google Doc. And I was like, oh, okay. I mean, yeah. it's long, but I didn't think it was going to be... Ended up being this big. But, no, it's... It's, it's so good. It's so good. I'm... I'm unbelievably just blown away with what the final product looks like it's i think working with other artists is dangerously addicting yeah because <laughs> you, you just you basically it's like you know you, you pay some people and then they bring back treasures and it's like oh i'm ooh. i'm so that oh my god that resonates with me so much of like I can make, I can pay somebody, and this magic happens. Literal magic happens. Uh, it's the coolest thing in mm -hmm. the world. Uh, like when I was getting, like when Nova was in production, like and Eddie sending me sketches, I'm my mind is getting blown. And then on top of that, I had Jam working on layout, and Jam would occasionally send me just like little snippets, little spreads, and I'd be like, what? The last one was cool, and yet somehow you've outdone yourself on this one. Uh, it's, I, I don't know, man. Like, graphic designers and artists are, are wizards in the coolest possible way. Um, yeah. I just, I, 
I write I write silly words and they make them look good. <laughs> um Yeah, that's awesome. So yes, please folks, if you have not checked out uh Vibe Check, check it out. Grab it. It's awesome. Um if you picked it up while it was itch funding, your copy is updated and beautiful and ready to go. So go like re-download it. Uh yep. get get your new version. It mm -hmm. is waiting. Mm -hmm. That is awesome. Uh, and congrats on the H funding. Uh, it did really well. Yeah. That's re that's that's yeah, awesome to see. Yeah, it was it, it was really cool um, to see all of that happen. And I mean, I, I don't know if it would have done quite as well if like both you and Ray hadn't been shouting about it constantly. <laughs> like two number one fans right here. I will always <laughs> shout about Vibejack if I have a chance for it. Uh, yeah. Uh, hell yeah, it's awesome. All right, Josh, that was 2021. That's what you did in 2021. Mm -hmm. What's 2022 looking like for you? Uh, well, early 2022, it's going to be more vibe check because uh, I still need to finish out the um, stretch goals. So there's going to be more tokens, and 18 total, unless I add more to that. Uh, there's three new archetypes um, that you can play as, which are basically the classes of the game. Um, I'm adding in three new brands, uh, a whole bunch of new tags, um, and then I'm going to be experimenting with some sort of like GM player tools to like kind of help campaign style play. I don't know if it's going to be like adventure hooks mm. or like random tables of some kind, but something like that, you know, just to help the table get going with sort of more long form stories, if that's what they want out of the game. And that actually, that, that, because it's been a while, I haven't looked at the latest thing in a little bit. Because, like, the whole premise of the game is that you can eventually escape the afterlife. Do you have that baked into the rules? Because it was, I mean, it certainly wasn't in the playtesting, because that, that wasn't the mm -hmm. point. But, like, is that baked into the rules, or is that something that you're going to eventually, like, incorporate? It, it is. Uh, I mean, it's not like. Uh, I think it's um, written as if you survive a week, mm, okay, and you know you you beat the the final boss because there's some mechanics on like setting up the final loop boss because one week is one loop um, of the game. Then you know it's kind of up to the GM, the players, the table. Can that player actually escape? Did they do enough to win the game? Um, and if the answer to that is yes, okay, then you can roll up a new character. Um, but also, um, in the world ends with you, the characters go through more than one cycle right. for reasons. So it's also baked in there like, hey, even if you win the game, you can choose to stay if you want for whatever reason. Um, you know, and, and it's sort of implied that, okay, how most people get into the game is they die and they end up here. But maybe there are other ways to enter the game and maybe that happened to you. Maybe you have your own reasons for entering the game. Um, so just because sort of the game cycle is in these like one week segments doesn't mean you only have to stick around for one week if you don't want to. Right. But um, most of the sort of core book is dealing, you know, with just like the combat, the tokens, the looks. Um, there, there's, there are some sections on like playing and running it. Um, but part of with the stretch goal writing stuff, I want to give a little bit more support. You know, if someone's looking for like a longer story to tell with that game, then nice. you know, I want to be able to support that. Cool. So you got more vibe check coming. 
Mm-hmm. Very I'm cool. going to start working on season pass. So I've got at least two ideas for some modules. Um, but yeah, so early 2022, I think going to be a lot more vibe check. Sick. Very cool. Is your season pass, I'm curious, is it going to be like a themed thing? Like, is it like, uh, like it's uh, all the modules are related to like around a certain thing? Or is it just like, here's the first season pass. It's just going to be some like cool stuff, like tech that I've come up with. Yeah, I think it might end up being a little bit of the latter. So two ideas, fun preview of what might happen, um, exclusive to Coffee Break listeners. That's why it pays to be here on Sunday mornings, folks. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, I want to do something with downtime. Okay. Because um, right now, downtime is sort of explore the inversion, explore your story. What does that mean? I don't know. It's your job to figure it out. You're, you're the players. <laughs> You do that. Um, and then also shopping, right? Mm. Um, which, uh, again, it's sort of, you can spend as much time and effort uh, into the shopping sort of narrative if you want, or you can just roll on some tables and say, I spent some some cash and I get some folded clothes. Um, so again, kind of complementing that sort of more campaign style play, I want to have downtime, whether it's different downtime actions or just like extra rules for things that happen when you're not fighting mm-hmm. i think that would look cool um i don't think it's gonna be in vibe check but in the world ends with you there's this whole sub mechanic of not only can you buy clothes you can go buy food you can eat at restaurants and stuff oh. to improve your stats but you have to like digest your food by fighting in order to get the stat bonuses <laughs> whoa which is great in video <laughs> game i don't want to do that much work with numbers <laughs> to try and like incorporate that right uh but sort, sort of an example of I think thematically appropriate, like subsystem, yeah, could make its way into downtime. Um, and then I want to also do something a bit more with the shops themselves. I think I'm going to do some sort of like either factional, like reputation system. So, like, let's say in your game, you create a store and you keep going back to it. You know, maybe you might build up rep with that mm. shopkeeper or things like that, unlock extra stuff. Who knows? Still vaguely formed ideas. Um, but I've got at least two of them, so it's better than nothing. Better than nothing. And I love, I'm, you know me, I'm a sucker for those sorts of, like, here's modules, right? Like, plug these in yeah, if yeah. you want them. You don't, these aren't, like, required, you know, gears that you can add to your machine. The, the complexity of your game, the number of gears you have in it is is up to you. Mm-hmm. That's awesome. Right, right. I dig yeah, it. Yeah. Uh, yeah, modular is definitely the way I'm going to go with those. Um, I think Vibecheck on its own stands perfectly fine with, mm-hmm. with, with what is in the book right now. Especially, you know, if you're looking for just kind of some fun action combat. I, I think you can just play a couple of sessions, do some cool things, have a great time. Yeah. Um, and then I think a lot of the modules are going to support more, if you want to add some more depth to non-combat things, um, stuff like that. So That's awesome. I keep hearing something at my door and I'm wondering what it is, but because I'm all alone right now. Oh. <laughs> or am I all alone is the question. Um, awesome. So you got obviously vibe check going on in 2022. Um, mm-hmm. Do you have any other things that you've been brewing on that you. Uh, if it comes out in 2022, it is probably going to be very late 2022. Mm. I'm noodling at the very beginnings of a new system game thing 
basically looking at because you know I, I've a lot of friends who end up playing like D and D, and I'm like, yep. Sigh. <laughs> okay. But I, I find it's difficult. And I love, I love indie tabletop role playing games mm-hmm. so much. And a lot of times, if someone's like, oh, I'm playing D&D because I want to do this thing, I can just go, like, oh, try this game instead because it's that thing you want to do without twisting and tying a knot into something that doesn't really support that. Right. Um, but sometimes someone's like, I want to go on a high fantasy pastiche adventure mm. and i want to level up i want to bully some goblins i want to fight a dragon i want to punch a wizard and outside of like other not technically dnds but still basically dnds mm-hmm. it's much more difficult to recommend a game that does that mm. at, at least that i've found if, if people have other i mean okay uh Patchwork World. You can probably do a lot with mm. Club Patchwork World. Um, but it, it's not quite that flavor of sort of Yeah, I get what you're D&D saying. Fantasy, right? Uh, yeah, the, their brand right. that they've made themselves into. So it kind of started as an experiment of, okay, if I were to run something that could do that sort of you know, podcasty adventure, mm. what would that look like? How would I incorporate stuff that I like as a GM? Et cetera, et cetera. So it's like turning into a weird mix of like some Forged in the Dark stuff. There's probably some Lumen stuff going into it without powers work. So who knows if it'll ever even see the light of day. <laughs> um, if it does, probably late 2022. Mm. I don't know. We'll see. But it's percolating. Um, it's it's bubbling it's, it's, it's somewhere in your brain. Who knows? That's awesome. Yeah. Uh, the one other thing that I wanted Mm -hmm. to talk to you about just a little bit, just a hit, Mm -hmm. just a tease here for folks is that I have asked you to help work on and be a sort of a co-designer on Void, my -hmm. next game, uh, which is the spiritual successor to Light. So going back to that idea we talked about earlier of um, remasters or like director's cuts and everything like that, I had always planned on doing that with, with Light. And then I realized, well, hold on. Why don't I just, why don't I use this opportunity to like update light with Lumen tech? Because I I wrote all of light without Lumen existing yet. Um, It was kind of Lumen without Lumen existing. So I was like, why don't I update light with Lumen tech, but put it in a new setting so that if I do decide to try and like crowdfund it or something like that i won't have the gamers smashing down my door maybe that's who's at my door right now josh is the gamers they know. <laughs> is they know they're coming smashing down my door and being like hey stop this um so that's where void comes in which is going to be inspired by things like destiny but it's going to be inspired by the things that i find the most interesting from destiny which is like the hive the hive is the coolest thing in the world to me in destiny the weird magic occult gross strange stuff that's sci-fi like i i always called uh, destiny like shiny sci-fi because it is it's very like like your guardians literally like have like shine points all over them when you're like looking at them they're like these <laughs> glamorous like they're very like powerful and interesting because they're in the light um but I like the creepy, gross, void uh, stuff, and I like the hive. And so I want to do 
stuff. I want to move the setting to that, uh, and I want to kind of make it our own. And I, as we said at the very beginning of this whole talk, I was like, who do I know that does weird <laughs> occult sci-fi? <gasps> Josh does that. <laughs> and I was like, I got to get Josh in on this. We haven't figured out at all what this means yet. <laughs> uh, in fact, we're going to talk tomorrow about it. But here's here's what I'm curious about. Um, for folks at home, or for me, uh, to do a little homework, what's, like, your go-to, like, what are some of your, like, favorite, like, weird inspirations of, like, occult sci-fi, weird sci-fi, stuff like that? Because I've got, like, stuff that I like, and I just have stuff that just, like, vibes in my head that I like. But do you have particular touchstones that you go to as, like, ah, this is the stuff that I really like? Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's, I think of, like, sci-fi sci-fi stuff um dead space we mm. wanted to event horizon alien aliens um sort of video games movies um also so let's say i've done a handful of dark spooky science fiction things um on my just hissing darkness which was a trophy gold incursion mm. uh cathedral of the stars for light um, that's that's the thing. That was the thing. That I was like, oh shit, Josh gets me. I read that and I was like, this this strike that you made for light. I was like, Josh understands me. Josh understands the things that I love about <laughs> Destiny, because it was like, it was, it was like Bloodborne plus Destiny is how I was reading mm -hmm. Cathedral and the Stars. And I was like, those are my two favorite things in the whole world. Can we make Bloodborne Destiny a whole thing? Uh, yeah, and, yeah, and, yeah. Which you kind of did with that strike in a, in, a, in some ways. And I was like, yes, Josh gets it. Mm -hmm. um, so I'll, I'll get to that in a second. But um, I think last two pieces, these are uh, two different manga uh, by Sutomu Nihei, uh, Blame, um, and then Biomega. Um, Blame in particular is this weird, I don't think you can call it cyberpunk, mm. um, but it does the art does such cool things with scale and like mega structures. And I feel like just big, weird structures in space is always cool and spooky yeah. and mysterious. So highly, highly recommend reading those. Um, there is a CG anime adaptation of blame on Netflix, which is fine. Um, it's not nearly as good as the manga because that doesn't just like the black and white ink and mm. it's great. It's great. Um, but so with Cathedral of the Stars, it was less of like, oh, what piece of science fiction media am I inspired by? And it literally was, how can I put Bloodborne in space? Mm -hmm. I mean, that, that was that was literally the process. I think people were talking on the Hila RPG server about like light stuff, and it was during the light jam. Mm. Um, and I was like, okay, I need to make a strike for this. And I don't remember if somebody else mentioned Bloodborne, or rather, I was like, oh, what if I just put Bloodborne in space? But that's what I did, it was sort of what bits of Bloodborne do I think are cool and could potentially translate over into light. And then I was like, well, what's spookier than a big Gothic cathedral spaceship? Um, you things sort of, are spookier than that. <laughs> right? They just sort of went to town. <laughs> right? And I was like, okay, let's see what happens. Um, so I, I think, honestly, you can do a lot of just literally like transposing your favorite horror stuff mm. into space. And there is something transformative about that inherently. Mm -hmm. um, Cause things are going to change once you start 
putting it into space and sort of dealing with the cosmos and you can bring in cosmic horror stuff and big spooky i think scale and just the the you know infinite void mm-hmm. of space is just sort of a great thing to fall back on because it's unique to space you don't really find that horror terrestrially right right um so i think when in doubt just be like it's dark it's infinite right right that's that, that's, that's scary There's terrifying stuff out there probably. <laughs> mm-hmm. it's like it's like the deep ocean but worse because it's frozen right god the ocean is terrifying to me josh the ocean is the <laughs> worst thing that ever existed i hate the ocean <laughs> um yeah i'm i'm so excited to uh just like brainstorm cool stuff with you about it so basically the quick pitch for folks is that void is going to be me upgrading light rules like making a cohesive experience out of it because it is modular it's scattered and i like that approach it works well for light but i want to like make the director's cut like here's the modules that i think are the most important here's the tech that i'm including from lumen to make a unified game and now i want to put it in this like weird spooky sci-fi world and that's where uh josh is going to uh, help inspire me i think and we're gonna we're gonna make something real weird and it's gonna be great um so i have nothing else to announce for that other than it will happen eventually (laughs) (laughs) um but that's that's my big 20 that's my big game of 2022 is that otherwise i'm i'm leaning entirely into the season pass approach small modular stuff for long-term support for uh, other stuff which is why i wanted to talk to you earlier about where you learned layout because i gotta start doing better with my layout or (laughs) or just learning it um hell yeah hell yeah uh ocean horror expansion ray terrifying don't do this to me (laughs) but i love it at the same time um well, this has been awesome. Is there anything that you wanted to talk about that we didn't we didn't cover or anything like that? Uh, I mean, I think that probably covers the big points. Let's see. Remember the beginning of the stream. We talked about Vibe Shank. We talked about Spooky. We talked about Void. So I think we fulfilled all of our promises, at least in the stream. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> uh, once again, I'm going to emphasize to everybody to go check out uh, Vibe Check. I put it in the, the chat. I'm going to put it in there again. Ah, uh, Yes. I'll just yeah, I'll, echo, I'll echo what Ray is saying here. Where twenty twenty two seems like a really great year to put your stuff in print. Just saying. It, it does. It does. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No. Um. I've been being friendly bullied by one or more individuals, <laughs> both of whom who may or may not be in this very stream. Um. But yeah. No. I, I think starting to think more seriously about what some print stuff would look like. Um. So. Uh, should that manifest in 2022 uh i will not be shutting up about it so you will definitely hear about that i also yeah, will be yeah, shutting also, up about it if you do that <laughs> yeah yeah as said in chat the status of the printing industry is something to consider so yeah planning might begin in 2022 and then actual physical prints might be a little later so i believe in you i believe in us but, yeah, yeah. <laughs> all I'm right definitely thinking more seriously about it that's awesome uh well folks this has been uh, a blast uh josh before we wrap up where can folks find you online like what are the things you want to point them towards so that we can they can find you find your cool stuff 
Sure. Uh, well, uh, my itch page has been conveniently linked several times in chat, but as uh, ostrichmonkey.itch.io, uh, you can find all my cool games there, um, particularly Vibe Check, Extra Causal. Uh, you know, anything that's interesting. Um, uh, my Twitter is also at ostrichmonkey. Um, I'm nothing if not consistent about my nonsense branding. Um, <laughs> So thank you for linking. Uh, that, that's really the two main places you can find me. Um, yeah, you know, if you want to talk about games and things, just drop me a line. Heck yeah. Josh is a wonderful person to talk about games with. Josh is a wonderful designer. Check okay. out his stuff. Uh, thank you all so much for hanging out on this lovely Sunday morning, afternoon, evening, wherever it is you are. Um, this has been a great coffee break. Next week, we have the wonderful Ray here. So Ray is in chat. Ray will be here on Coffee Break, uh, taking Josh's place. Uh, it's going to be great. I cannot, cannot wait. Um, and I think I have most of January planned out. I have to figure that out. Uh, double check that. But I think I've got it mostly scheduled. Uh, yeah, you, you will be Josh 2.0. Um, thank you as well, Will. Thanks, for, thanks everybody, for hanging out. Uh, yeah, yeah. We will we will catch you all next Sunday. Have yourselves a wonderful rest of the day, and I'll talk to you all later. Bye.